Daddy, how great thou art. Mm. You are greater than the greatest. You are bigger than the biggest. You are higher than the highest. There is no God like unto thee. In the heavens thou art God. Here on earth, O Lord, thou art God. From everlasting to everlasting thou remainest God. You are the God that has made the heavens as your throne. And the earth you are fools too. You do it according to your good pleasure and none can ask you why. Glory, honor, power, might, dominion, majesty belongs to you forever in the name of Jesus. That in this morning, we join the elders in heaven. We join your myriads of angels to bow before you and to confess that thou alone is God. Receive our worship. Receive our praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, as your people, we come this morning, O oh God, to offer thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for your love and kindness. Thank you, O oh God, for loving us with pure love. Thank you for mercy you have shown over us, individually and collectively as your family. Thank you, O oh God, for your compassion that has never ceased. Thank you, awesome God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for every provisions you've made towards us. Provisions of things pertaining to life, Provisions of things pertaining to godliness. Receive our thanks, O God, in the name of Jesus. Father, as we gather this morning before you, O God, you know who we are and you know where we are. Lord God Almighty, discover us in the name of Jesus. You know each of our circumstances and situations. Lord, I ask this morning that let your word find us. In the name of Jesus. And every burden, every cares, every anxiety, O oh God, that is brought before you today, that admit them in the name of Jesus. We ask that in the service of today, O oh God, you will visit us mightily. Attend to our needs. Touch us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I surrender myself unto you. I ask, O oh God, that you use me like the pen of the ready writer. Speak through me in the mighty name of Jesus. Give us hearing ears. Ears that will hear and do that which you command. In the mighty name of Jesus. God the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Take control. Take charge. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for answer to our prayer. Glory be to your holy name. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And amen. Let the living shout hallelujah. God bless the choir. Somebody help me put your hands together for the choir. Good morning, church. Help me say good morning to your neighbor. This morning, by the grace of God, in continuation of our series, God is Able. We will be talking on the sub-theme titled, God is Able 
to deliver from affliction. I repeat, God is able to deliver from affliction. Can we say it together? God is able to deliver from affliction. We'll take our text from the book of Genesis chapter 16. We'll read from verse 1 to 11. Genesis 16, verse 1 to verse 11. Are we there? I read from here. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord had restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abraham, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid unto thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. But Abraham said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarah dwelt, dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by the fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence comest thou? Whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Verse 10 and 11. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply their seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael. Because the Lord had had their affliction. This morning, by the grace of the living God, the Lord will hear the affliction of someone here. Yeah. The Lord will see the affliction of somebody here this morning. Yeah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Yeah. Now, what is the meaning of the word affliction? Big grammar. Affliction means great suffering, pain, agony, mental distress, calamity, or sorrow. I repeat, 
It means, it could mean great suffering, great pain, great agony, mental distress, calamity, or sorrow. Now, such pain or suffering or distress could be physical. It could be physical. It could be mental. It could be emotional. It could be financial. It could also be spiritual. So there are many dimensions of affliction. Some affliction are physical. Others are just emotional. But I pray that the almighty God will deal with every case of affliction in the name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible, which is the word of God, talks so much about affliction. So much does it talk about affliction that two books of the Bible in particular speak from about affliction from the beginning to the end. The book of Lamentations talks about affliction. The book of Job talks about a life that had been afflicted. As you read the book of Psalms, you see how David cried from time to time to God over the affliction he's going through. I don't know who is here this morning that your life has been afflicted. God Almighty has sent me to you to tell you that he is able to deliver you. He has delivered others before you from affliction. God is here to deliver today in the mighty name of Jesus. I said here that affliction could, there are many dimensions. I said it could be physical. It could be physical or mental. The Bible in the book of Mark chapter 5, 1 to 5, talks about the madman of Gadara. This man was so mad that he dwelt in the midst of tombs. The only place he felt secure was in the tomb. The Bible said in the midst of the night he would cry and caught himself with stones. But one day, deliverance came for him. I don't know who is here crying. God has seen your tears. God has seen your tears. Help is on the way. I said affliction could be emotional. The Bible gives the example of a woman called Hannah. In the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1, 5, chapter 1, verse 2, verse 5 to 6. Hannah was a woman that was afflicted emotionally. She had a rival who taunted her from time to time. She had no peace. Are you here emotionally distressed? God will give you peace. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Affliction, I said, could be financial. Could be financial. The Bible gives the example of the wives of the sons of the prophets. People die leaving inheritance for their family. But this man of God died leaving debts for the wife. Not only debts for the wife, he gave his two sons as security for the loan. Before you borrow from the bank, they ask you for security. Often they say, what do you have? 
You said that you have a house, they will value the house. If the house is worth five million, they borrow you maybe four million. When you fail to pay, they sell the house and recover the money. They ask the man, what do you have? He said, nothing. They said, no. What do you have? He said, okay, I have two sons. They said, okay, bring the sons. We'll take them. When you fail to pay, we'll take the sons, your sons, and they will become slaves. They will work and labor until they pay off your debt. That was how this man died. Left the poor widow to pay debts that she didn't know about. I don't know who is here. Things are so tight that for every penny you spend, you have to think. God paid off her debts. That is the same God we serve. So I don't know who is here under the sound of my voice. In the name that is above every other name. Every financial distress shall be repaid today in the name of Jesus. I told you also it could be spiritual. Look at this madman of Gadara. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5 verse 9. Mark 5 verse 9, media. He said, Jesus asked the man, what is their name? He asked the spirit that was in him. And he answered his saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. What does that mean? The demons that were inside him, the Bible said, were legioned. Now, on the Roman army, a legion consists of between 3,000 to 6,000 men. One man alone had about 3,000 to 6,000 demons living in him. What will the life of such a man be? Horrible. One demon alone is bad enough. 3,000, terribly bad. No wonder the Bible said no person could restrain this man. When people gather to tie him down, when they tie him with ropes, he tears the rope like tissue paper. Why? Because a legion, over 3,000 demons, were comfortable in his life. By the authority in the name of Jesus. If there had been any demonic possession in the life of anyone here, I command such a demon to jump out. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you here under physical, mental, emotional, financial, or spiritual suffering or pain? The good news is that our God is able to deliver. From the passage we have read, from the passage we have just read, Sarah, Abraham's wife, knew that God himself has restrained her from bearing children. She knew God stopped her, closed her womb. So every attempt she made to be pregnant, no success. Every attempt Father Abraham did, no success. Because God had closed the womb. But what did she do? She persuaded her husband, just like Eve persuaded Adam. I said, husband, I know that God himself did this, but there is a plan B. 
I have a girl, Hagar. She's my slave girl, my maid. I will give her to you as a wife. What God was not able to do through me, we could work it out through Hagar. Sleep with her. She will have children. When she has the children, they will be my children. And the Bible said, Abraham hearkened to her voice. In other words, he accepted, acted under her advice. In spite of the promise of God. If you had read Genesis 15, preceding Genesis 16, you see how God came to Abraham in a vision. Spoke to Abraham. Abraham, I will bless you. Abraham said, Lord, but what will you give me? I'm going childless. There is no child. Is it my slave boy that will inherit me? God said, no. Come outside. Look at the stars of heaven. Count the stars of heaven. He said, your seed will be like the stars of heaven. Then chapter 16, Sarah tells him, let's try plan B. He accepted He slept with her. Pronto. Just one time, she conceived. Mama had done for several years, no conception. She conceived. And immediately she realized she was pregnant. She looked at Sarah, you. It took you how many years? Nothing. Me. Just one time. Hallelujah. Amen? The Bible says she despised Sarah. She began to belittle her in her eyes. Sarah became inconsequential in her eyes. What you cannot do, I can do better just one time. And as I was reflecting over the Bible, I just realized... That why do some women who have children sometimes look down on other women that are grappling with the challenge of childbearing? Why is it so? You say, Pastor, where did you see that in the Bible? Oh, I see two or more instances in the Bible. The case of Hagar and Sarah. But immediately she conceived. Sarah became little in her eyes. Another example I saw is a case of Hannah and Penina. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Her rival had, the man had two wives. The first wife's name was Penina. The second wife, Hannah. Penina had children, Hannah had none. Each time they go to Shiloh, Penina will mock Hannah. Good for nothing woman. Call her names. Hannah will cry and cry and cry. But one day, God, who is able, had her. Today, God will hear someone. Oh, quiet, they don't believe me. I said, God will hear someone here today. In the mighty name of Jesus. It is evil to begin to mock somebody whom has no children. 
Very evil. It's of the devil. It's not of God. Because the Bible tells me in Psalm 127, verse 3, that children are a heritage from God. What does that mean? Children are a gift from God. What is given to you as a gift, you cannot boast over it. Because the owner can come and reclaim it. True or false? It takes a fool to boast of a gift. Because you did not earn it. You can't boast over your children. No. So Hagar looked down on Sarah. And when she looked down on Sarah, what happened? She attracted trouble. Big time. Big time trouble. For those of you that read physics, you will remember Newton's third law of motion. Isaac Newton. He said, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. True or false? So when she belittled Sarah, Newton's third law of motion came into play. There was a reaction. There was a reaction. An equal, an opposite reaction. Sarah became angry, furious. She became offended. She reacted by maltreating Hagar. Now, just imagine for a minute a woman that is pregnant being maltreated. Several ways to maltreat them. Food, for example. When a woman is pregnant and she's hungry, and you refuse her food when she's hungry, you see how her body shakes. True or false? You will say, Pastor, you are not a woman. How do you know? I have seen my wife when she was hungry. Hallelujah. When a woman is hungry and the baby is kicking for food, you see the woman shaking and restless. When the woman is pregnant and you give her so much work to do, she gets fatigued easily. True or false? The Bible says Sarah began to maltreat her, deal with her cruelly, harshly. Why? Because she attracted that reaction. Now, Hagar fled. She ran away. She couldn't face it no more. She fled. But thank God that there is a God in heaven that see it. God was so concerned about the house girl that he sent an angel to look for her. God is sending an angel to look for you. I said, your angel is on the way. Oh, you don't believe it. Your angel is on the way. In the mighty name of Jesus. If God could care for Hagar, a bond woman, a woman not in the covenant with God, how much more his sons and daughters? The angel called her by name. There are many of us that think God doesn't know us by name. <laughs> God knows you by name. He knows your address. 
The angel found Hagar. Your angel will find you in the name of Jesus. Now, what are the causes for affliction? There are things we do that attracts affliction into our lives. I was able to identify nine, but because of time, we will take four or five. Causes of affliction, what attracts affliction into our lives? Anytime that I face affliction, the first thing I do is I sit down and examine myself. The Bible says, let a man examine himself. I examine myself. Could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be this? Could it be this? When you are going through things that are unscriptural, do a first check. What has caused this? Number one thing that attracts affliction full time in the life of a child of God is sin. Somebody says sin. We see that in the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. Media, help me. Lamentations, chapter 1, verse 8 to 9. See, this is what God said about Jerusalem. He said, her honor is gone. She is naked and held in contempt. She groans and hides her face in shame. Jerusalem made herself filthy with terrible sin. Verse 9. Her uncleanness was easily seen. But she showed no concern for her faith. Her downfall was terrible. No one can comfort her. Her enemies have won. And she cries to the Lord for mercy. What a pity. Sin has consequences. It attracts consequences. And among the consequences that it brings about shame... Sin invites shame into the life of a man, into the life of a woman. A man or a woman that is in honor suddenly finds himself in shame. Shame. It brings dishonor. It makes those who admire you to despise you. See the case of Hagar and Sarah. Sarah was a boss. To Hagar, but suddenly she began to despise him because Sarah had gone against the word of God in giving her husband an ungodly counsel. Are you a woman here giving your husband ungodly counsel? Be careful, it has consequences. It has consequences. Sin makes a man or woman naked before his enemies. May we never be naked before our enemies. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two thing that attracts affliction, pride. Let somebody say pride. Pride, pride entered into Hagar's head. Pride entered her head. The enemy came and suggested to her, and said, look, Hagar, you could do what your mistress could not achieve. You are just like her. You are now Abraham's uh, wife. You are even better than her. Aristotle said that inferiors revolt so that they may be equals. Equals that they may be superiors. That this is the constant state of thing that causes revolution. 
She saw herself as equal with Sarah. From seeing herself as equal, she saw herself as superior to her. And this attracted trouble. And as I was preparing the message, the Lord laid it into my heart that this is what somebody here is going through. Pride has attracted for you affliction. I don't know who you are, but distinctly, the pride attracted affliction into your life. You are suffering because of pride. Leviticus 26 verse 19 to 20 says something very nice that i like us to read. Leviticus 26, Media. 19 to 20. And I will break the pride of your power. And I will make your heaven as iron and your earth as brass. And your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield her increase. Neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. Why? Because of pride. Because of pride. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 21, that the proud are caused by God. Can you imagine? There is already an everlasting cause from God Almighty to all who are proud. Is pride bringing trouble to your life? Flee, run. You don't need it. What is the other cause of affliction? Number three, when we take God's glory. You read that in the book of Daniel chapter 4, 29 to 32. Daniel 4, 29 to 32. You see the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. God had helped him. Had given him so much grace. He had conquered so many lands and nations. That one day, the Bible says he, one day King Nebuchadnezzar, at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. Verse 30. The king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? God had him. And because he took the glory of God, it attracted affliction for him. Another thing that causes affliction is backsliding. When we forget God, it attracts affliction. 1 Samuel 12, 9 to 10. 1 Samuel 12, 9 to 10. 1 Samuel 12, 9 to 10. And when they forgot the Lord their God, he sold them into the hand of Sisera, captain of the host of Hazel, and into the hand of the Philistines, and into the hand of the king of Moab. And they fought against them, and they cried unto the Lord and said, We have sinned because we have forsaken the Lord, and have served Balaam and Ashtrod. But now deliver us out of the hand of our enemies, and we will serve thee. When you forget God, who has helped you in the time past, you are attracting affliction. Another reason could be demonic attack. You see that in Matthew chapter 8, 28 to 32. 
Matthew 8, 28 to 32. Demonic attack. The Bible spoke about Jesus when he came to the gardens. He met there two men who were possessed of the devils coming out of the tomb. They were exceedingly fierce so that no mind might pass by. They cried out when they saw Jesus. What do we have to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of God, art thou come here to torment us before our time? Spiritual attack, demonic attack. I pray this morning that as the power of the Almighty moves in our midst, if there be anyone that has been under the influence of demonic attack, today in the name of Jesus, you are free in Jesus' name. Another reason could be rebellion against God. When we rebel against God, it attracts affliction. Psalm 107, 10 to 13. Psalm 107, 10 to 13. And then also, another reason for affliction could be for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel, we could be afflicted. Mark chapter 4, verse 17. Mark 4, verse 17. Now, we ask, what must I do for God to deliver me from affliction? If I'm currently going through affliction, what should I do? Number one, repentance. Somebody say repentance. Repentance. Psalms 25, 17, and 18. Psalms 25, 17, and 18. The troubles of my heart were enlarged. Oh, bring me out of my distress. Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. When we repent and ask God to forgive us from our sins, deliverance comes along the way for every affliction. And the Bible tells me when God forgives, he forgives all sins. He forgives all. The Bible says in Psalm 51 verse 17, a broken and a contrite heart will God not despise. In other words, God will not reject a humble and a repentant heart. You are here and you have been in sin. If you repent genuinely, God will not reject your repentance. He will accept you. Number two thing to do, submit and obey God. Obey his authority. We saw what the angel told Hagar. Say, Hagar, where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress because of my affliction. The angel said, go back and submit to her. There are some here today. The problem of your life is that you do not submit to authority. Either to the authority of God or to the authority of those you are under them. Failure to submit to authority attracts affliction. Number three, obey God's word. Psalms 119 verse 67. Psalms 119 verse 67. Obey God. Obey his written word. Obey him even when he speaks to you. I have given us here, I have shared with us here a story when I was a parish pastor in the Korodu. We were living in the Mech, uh we were living in a rented property that wasn't good enough for a place of worship. God laid into our hearts to raise money to build. We invited the guest speaker. He came. 
Before we left home, I had already made up my mind, prepared my mind as to what to give. If I'm not mistaken, I had already written my check. But as a man of God mounted the pulpit and was calling for fundraise, distinctly in my ears I heard it that multiply what you are given by ten times. And now at that time we had just finished building our first house. In the course of the building, I ran out of money. I met one of my clients and begged him to give me a loan, a loan of 500,000 naira. In those days, 500,000 naira was a lot of money. So he borrowed me half a million naira. We used that to complete the house and move in. Now, so when I had to multiply what you are given by 10 times, for a fraction of seconds, I had to take a deep breath. Ten times, how do I pay the loan? How? But I had it. So multiply it by ten. So I beckoned on the ushers, they brought paper, and I wrote a different figure and left the check in my pocket and gave. Wednesday of the week, I receive a call from the client that he is coming from Abuja to Lagos. Will I be available? He wants to stop over my office. I said, yes, sir. So when he came, we finished discussions. I was seeing him to the car. As we were going to the car, I said, sir, I want to apologize that I have not repaid my loan. I'm making efforts I will repay. He said, what loan? I said, that money you borrowed me. He said, which money? So I reminded him he had forgotten. So he didn't turn to me. He said, is that why you are looking worried? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He said, I forget it. I have given you. It's free. Forget it. <laughs> I had just obeyed God on Sunday when he said, multiply it by 10. And then the following Wednesday, he wrote off my debts. Learn to obey the voice of God. God knew ahead that he was writing of this debt. But I didn't know. When you obey God, it becomes God's business to take care of you. What do I do if I'm under affliction? God sometimes uses affliction to teach us and to open our eyes. Job 36, 15. He uses affliction sometimes to teach us lessons in life, to use us as examples, sometimes to give us a testimony to encourage others when they too come under the same affliction. What do I do if I'm under affliction? Seek after righteousness. Psalm 34, verse 19. The Bible says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered them from all, not some. The Lord delivered them what? From how many? All. When you seek after righteousness, doing what is right before God, deliverance will come. How do I get out? If affliction is for the sake of the gospel, then the Bible encourages us in 2 Timothy 4 verse 5 that we should endure it to the end and do the work of an evangelist. In other words, 
do the work of a preacher. Make a full proof of your ministry. In conclusions, are you here facing any affliction? God cares for you. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 7, God sees the affliction. So if you are here this morning, you are going through affliction, reconsider. Is it because of sin? Is it because of pride? Is it because of unrighteousness? Is it because I have taken the glory of God? Whatever it be, take the bold step and ask God for forgiveness. All eyes closed, all heads bent. Are you here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus? You have not given your life to Jesus? Or you gave your life to Jesus but you are still living in sin? You backslided. I told us here that backsliding attracts affliction. When a child of God backslides, he goes back to the world. It attracts affliction. God allows affliction so that it can drive him back to God. You are here this morning. You backslided. And you want to tell God you are sorry. Just raise your hand wherever you are. I pray with you. The presence of the Almighty is already in the house. You are here, you've not given your life to Jesus. Or you gave your life, but you have backslided. Just raise your hand wherever you are. The God of mercy is here. The God of all comfort is here to meet with you. Any such person in our midst this morning? Shall we stand? Psalms 22, verse 4, 24, media. Psalms 22, verse 24. Psalms 22, verse 24. Let it, let's read it together. One, two, go. For he had not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither had he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he cried. God is saying in that verse that when the afflicted cries to him, he, Jehovah, the God of mercy, hears. So I don't know who may be here under affliction. You cry to God over the specific affliction you are going through. Cry to him over it and say, Father, Father, the God that sees my affliction, Lord, deliver me from this affliction. Mention the affliction. Mention the specific. Mention be specific to him. Lord God Almighty, you the God that seeth affliction, Daddy, today look upon me with mercy, O oh God. Cry, cry unto him. Cry, open your mouth. God hears when you cry. Deliver me, O oh God. Let help be released from Zion, O oh God. Deliver me, O oh God. Whether the affliction be physical, spiritual, mental, God is here to deliver. Daddy, deliver. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Our Father and our God, we give you thanks. The Bible says, You sent forth your word, and your word delivered them from their affliction. Daddy, if there be anyone here that is under affliction, whether physical, spiritual, mental, financial, bodily, marital, I ask, O oh God, that by reason of your word that is gone forth this morning, let there be deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray.